When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And uh, who, sir, are you on the other side? Uh, I'm the producer. My name is Matt Duncan. Freddie, it's 2023. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing great. Um, you know, lots going on this season. It's an yeah. interesting one. Um, You've been how off are a you couple doing? weeks. You've been off? Yeah, yeah. we've been off a... Uh, I had a good Christmas, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. It was, Enjoyed myself. Uh, nice. Went to the uh, uh, Memphis Grizzlies game. Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah, downright horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you? Have you had a, did you have a good Christmas? I did, yeah. I'm coming in live right now from my new uh, motorized standing desk. So <laughs> I thought you looked up right. <laughs> Doing my first, first ever podcast recording standing. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So is it is there just like a thing massaging your calves the whole time? What's yeah, the motor? Like I'm kind of doing a bull stance on a anti fatigue mat right now. Let's we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see if you cr- <laughs> we'll see if you cramp up. Let us know. Would you? <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're a Raptors podcast. We're with Raptors Republic. Um, you know, you uh, if you've listened to the podcast, you know the deal. Uh, you know, follow us, support us, help us out. We have we have a uh, Patreon. You know. Hit us up there. Uh, all the extra dough really does go a long way. So thank you. Um, but we want to plug some uh, Raptors Republic stuff off the top here. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, if you want to let them know about uh, the cool events coming up. Yeah, just one quick thing before we start talking raps. We've got the trade deadline live show coming up at the Rivoli on February 7th, 6 p.m. at the Rivoli. Go to raptorsrepublic.com. Tickets are $20, includes a drink. And if you are one of our all-star subscribers, it only costs you 10 bucks. Big lineup, Samson Folk, Katie Heinel, Catherine Niker, you know, Sahal Abdi. We, we got them all. We got them all. They're going to be talking the trade deadline. So get your tickets. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time. I think Freddie will be there too. And uh, yeah, I will be there. I'll see if I can get Maddie out. Um, if, if you're buried in snow, I'll help you out. You know what I mean? I'll put on my toque that has a light <laughs> and music that you gave me. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, let's jump right into it with the, uh, with the guests here. Um, uh you know, so much to say about him. He is one of my best friends, the co-creator of this podcast, uh, the dude that named this podcast. We started the pod uh, when uh, that fateful day when we traded for Kyle Lowry, um, uh, you know, incredible comedian, uh, lawyer, writer, just uh, all around amazing dude. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone for Kevin Douse. 
Hey, Freddy. Yo, buddy. Happy um, my friend. Good to see you too. Uh, I like your your sweater. I can't tell if it's like those are like mountains or like what's going on, but it's it's actually I, it's actually hand prints overlapping. Uh, my cousin has a musical act called Ada Vale. Uh, it's really cool. So you should uh, give it a Google. Check it out. Um, yeah, they're a fantastic artist, and they make merch as well. So rocking that. Yeah. Well, it looks good. Um, what's the name again? Ada Vale. Ada Vale. Check mm-hmm. them out. Google them. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to say follow them on Spotify. That's not what you do with music. Um, <laughs> but you can listen. Okay, whatever. Creep, creep up behind them on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, buy stuff. Don't go to Spotify. Um, let's uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, he's done the podcast a, a bunch as well. I've known him forever. Um, uh, amazing dude. Amazing writer. Uh, he's with CBC now, uh, writing for them as well. Um, also, he has a, you know, you can follow his personal stuff, which we'll plug later. Uh, incredible guy. He actually wrote an article uh, based on one of our topics uh, of our last episode. Uh, and it was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Chris Dart. Yeah, buddy. Like, I like that. Or I like that organ riff. That's good. I feel <laughs> like that really that that works for me. It's it's like. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Hold on. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, oh, trying to say, I only ever listened to you guys as audio. I've never watched the video of the podcast, so I had not seen that incredible, like, introductory uh, sequence you have. That is class, you guys. That is fantastic. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I will, yeah, I'll take all the credit for that. I designed <laughs> it. Um, put it all together. No help from Matt whatsoever. Seems, seems like a Freddy, Freddy technology <laughs> joint. Right oh, no, me no. That's my bag. Um, no, that's, that's all Matty D. Uh, so all, the, all the slick sounds you hear um, and, and, and how well produced this is is because I have the best producer in the game. Um, so thank you, Matty. It's going to be a good year. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it will be a yeah interesting year for the Raptors. Um, uh, but let's uh, let's jump right into it. Um, Matty D, good sir. I don't know if there's any new stings or if we're sticking with Weird Al. Regardless, hit me with your best Raptors sting. Me and spending all my life living in a Raptors paradise. Yes. It's all Weird Al now, baby. Yeah. Truly incredible stuff. Trust yeah. in Maasai. <laughs> you got to trust in Maasai. Maasai. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I got I got no more new riffs for the Maasai thing. It just still gets me every time. You know, everyone's freaked out about it, how advanced the AI is getting. Well, just listen to these weird owl stings. I think we're okay. Oh, this, chat, this chat GPT is good, but that... The robot can't pronounce Messiah at all. Um, so we're good. No one candy valley here. Um, uh, Kevin, I'm going to go to you with the first question. Um, you know, we will get to some of the harder stuff, uh, I think, around this team. Uh, and I will say, uh, you know, off the top, a lot of similar themes. Fred struggle, um, high minutes from the starters. Uh, is our defensive scheme working? Um, you know, uh, how are we feeling about Nick Nurse? Uh, Is this team constructed with enough shooters? Uh, All that kind of stuff. Um, But, uh, you know, in seasons like this, this isn't just me like searching for positivity. I think 
there's lots of things going on. So there is positive developments as well. Um, yeah. And, and I'm wondering, you know, in a, in a whack-a-mole type season, uh, if there's any aspects you've seen, maybe in the Indiana game, maybe, uh, you know, in the past week um, that, you know, you feel like have been good lately. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm usually among the more optimistic Raptors fans I have, and that's being pretty tested right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of my optimism comes more in the long view where it's like, well, we've got Pascal Siakam, we've got OG, like we've got Scotty, we've got these good players who, you know, you look at the team and it's like, okay, you can build around that. But that doesn't involve being good right now, which is sort of a hard thing to accept in a lot of ways. I think yeah. you're seeing that a lot on, on you know, everywhere right now where um, I kind of forgot what it was like to have what feels increasingly like hopelessness in terms of the Raptors. Oh, mm-hmm. the computer. Um uh, so that was a long lead in to say, I'm kind of like searching right now a little bit for, for what's actually looking good. Um, I think there's two things that leap out. One of which is like, it looks good, but I'm still kind of like, it only looks good because our team's not in a good place, but Gary in the starting lineup, I think is like pretty demonstrably. If even if working, isn't the term like necessary for the, for the team that we have, um, I think it's, I think it's working well. I think having the spacing like gives Pascal just all that much more to, to play with. I think Pascal's continuing to have an all NBA season and like the more, the more space he has to play in, the more you're seeing his creativity come out and the, and the things that he can do in the exact game. Um, so they're, they're playing off of each other in a sense of just like occupying different areas and like being a sort of release valve is, is working for me. Um, and I also think we're finally seeing like a bit more consistency in terms of how they're trying to use Scotty. Uh, I think in the, in the Indiana game, especially you saw it like, but you've, no, that's not even true. You've been seeing it like over the last few games where like, it's sort of a combination of he's probing a little more, he's facilitating a little more, he's passing a little more, but then often in this, in the second half of, of each of these games it's sort of been the, the trend where he just starts taking over. He's, he's stronger than a lot of people he's playing against. You know, he's using his body. He's taking more shots. He's being more decisive and he's just getting so many hustle plays too. And I think it's, I think it's good just to see him kind of coming out of a funk and taking things over. Uh, I think it really bodes well again for the future. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if I'm seeing how that works to win us a bunch of games right now, but I think it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's something that's important for the team to have. Uh, so and it, and it, like it has in its own sort of vacuum as its own thing. It's been working. Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's a it's a good point, and, a, and it's an important caveat to say that you know you can see good things for the long term, you know, success of the team that maybe yeah. aren't uh, you know and ending up in uh you know ending up being things that help win right now yeah it sort um, of know. seems like a bunch of individual things are being worked on and, for sure yeah yeah you know like if i if i uh you know i was really optimistic uh with uh with this raptors team i i i, I said many times on this podcast we were going to be a regular season juggernaut mm-hmm. which sounds insane now um but uh you know if i if i if i told you that uh OG and Pascal would be having career years and the team would look 
uh, um, like as inconsistent as it did in the Tampa year, I think it would you'd be pretty confused, right? So I think there can be multiple things happening at the same time. And I think, you know, you really touched on, uh, you know, two big points there, which I, I feel like, uh, you know, again, I've, I've said that from the beginning of the year as far as Gary, just because the, the issue with shooters with this team is so extreme. Um, but role definition, right? You know, you see the chemistry with Gary and Pascal, you know, going back to the nine game winning streak last year, right? That was a big part of what was going down. Um, and I think you see with Scotty kind of, uh, you know, playing the center more, right. And being able to expose centers, uh, in, in the league and having, you know, a really tough time breaking guards down. Right. So Scotty, the facilitator kind of comes back more, when you use him in the Draymond role, um, everyone make sure you check out uh, uh, Lewis Zatzman wrote a good article um, uh, for subscribers on the uh, RR page, just, uh, you know, uh, about that elaborating it. And, you know, lots of people are seeing it, right. Cause his aggressive screen setting, it just, uh, it, you know, it highlights what he's good at and, and, and being strong is huge too. Um, let's, let's go to you, Chris. What, uh, you know, yeah. Given all the caveats, what are you seeing that you feel like is, is good um, long-term or short-term or whatever? Well, uh, when you sent me this question, I went and looked at the, the last 10 game stats for a few guys. And so one thing I, that, that impressed me is that Pascal Siakam is shooting almost 40% from three right now, uh, which just like, I always felt like that was the difference between being an all-star and an all NBA player would be the ability to, to, to shoot three. So I think that's part of it. And I think sort of, Similar to what Kevin said, I think you're starting to see Scotty Barnes, that sophomore slump, that sophomore regression. I think he's starting to come out of it a bit more, play a bit more like he did in his rookie season, uh, just more efficiently and more aggressively. So I think those are two things that I I do feel positive about in this otherwise challenging season. Yeah, very fair. Um, Can I bring up, uh, you know, Precious coming back and having like a, uh, you know, uh, I, I sort of like a somewhat healthy team. Obviously, we got the the bad news today about Otto having no clear timetable, um, you know, which I think really highlights uh, this team's like, you know, we're, our margin for error was so thin with shooting. So having this this kind of it's um, maybe it's good from a clarity perspective that it's like there's no help on the way like this is the team. Um, but I, I, it is nice to see Precious come back and just be reminded that he has like some very special defensive qualities. Uh, even though he looked pretty gassed, you know, four, I think it was four blocks in his, in his first game back. Um, and just his like, you know, his speed, um, you know, being able to guard different guys is really, really elite. So, uh, I, I think that for me is, is an optimistic thing. Uh, I will also say, uh, and this is a bit a bit of a backhanded compliment to to Nick, I guess. But watching some guys like a Malachi, for instance, being able to like work through some of his struggles, even though you know yesterday was a bad example because he got eviscerated um, by TJ McConnell, and I think it was like a negative eighteen in nine minutes. But I think you know. I'm not going to go all the way and say that I feel like that there's there's growing trust because the starters are still logging such big minutes, but yeah, I really would love to be a fly on the wall uh, when it comes to to you know the coaching staff and and sort of like the design of this team, which leads us into our next question, 
which is sort of, um, yeah, Chris, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, and this one's like, you know, take it in, a, in whatever direction you like, but I'm just, just blanket, uh, blanket question here. Has vision six, nine failed? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think the construction of this team, I mean, I think, I think the idea of everybody is between six, seven and six, nine is, is, is funny. Uh, but I think the construction of this team is pretty fundamentally flawed. Uh, I think you either need shooters or traditional bigs. And ideally I think you need both. Uh, we were talking before, before we started taping about sort of, I have this opinion and I don't think I'm alone in this, that we're starting to see the pendulum swing back to, I mean, you know, you're never going to get like big lumbering stiffs again, but more traditional mm-hmm. base, but at the same time, you still need shooters. And this team has neither. This team has a lot of really, the guys who are basically really athletic, big wings, guys who 15 years ago, you would have called combo forwards or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tweener forwards. Like, like, yeah, that's, this team is entirely made up of, of big wings and small power forwards. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. There are some great players, but it doesn't work. Nobody can shoot. And defensively, you know, the Nick Nurse high IQ switch, switch, switch um, defensive schemes, when those break down, unless Chris Boucher is on the floor and then you have your your sort of different challenges with him, uh, you know, offensively, when those defensive schemes fail, you don't have a shot blocker to kind of sit there and be the last... Yeah you know, the last, the, the last man standing. And I think that's like, that, that, that's a real problem. I think this team is mess is sort of flawed in a lot of ways. I also think that like, and this is getting a bit away from your, from your uh, initial question, mm-hmm. the sort of heralded Raptor player development, San Antonio North kind of thing that we were doing, that seems to have really fallen off in the last, yeah. two seasons and you know I wonder uh, you know the departure of uh, Gemma Mahalela and Patrick Matumbo and sort of guys like that who weren't as, weren't as fan facing but were behind the scenes really doing mm-hmm. doing things you wonder like what if that if you if that's what we're starting to see now because you know I feel like for years you know from sort of the late Dwayne Casey period and in through the beginning of the Nick Nurse period you saw this player development pipeline happened and people are like, Oh, Toronto's a real player, you know, player development mm-hmm. kind of team because they can't get top free agents. And, and that's not happening. You know I mean? You talked about Malachi Flynn. I think you're starting to see some progress from Malachi Flynn, but like, I, I feel like Malachi Flynn five years ago would be way ahead of where he is right now. So that's, that's, that's a separate thing, but I feel like also just sort of part of a larger roster construction uh, issue that we're talking about. Yeah, I, I think that's really fair, actually, and I'm I'm glad you brought in development because, you know, um, part of like what I felt like was necessary for Vision Six Nine to be a success, and I, I think the only thing I'm really holding on to, to be honest, uh, was that you know you, you have a couple years in a row now of uh, of Nurse not so subtly saying. Masai, get me guys I can trust. Get me guys I can play. And I, you know, I was really confident that this year we we had enough of those guys with, uh, you know, like like Birch being able to log a couple minutes, uh, Boucher, sort of this like this tested dude, Precious on the rise, um, the acquisition of Otto. I didn't even really factor in Coloco to be honest, um, but you know, 
uh, like assuming one of Banton and Flynn would be given sort of like a, a long-term chance and not be in this situation where they're, they're getting DNPs and inconsistent minutes and not really a part of like the, the, the engine of the team. Um, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, we're at a, like I, I was thinking where I feel like this is a, this is a bad comparison, but, um, having auto is making, is giving me some of the same feelings I had when the Raptors had Damari Carroll, which is sort of like, Oh man, like this guy, you know, can really help us. And like, we've seen him do good things and, you know, you just can't get healthy. And, you know, it's like kind of, it's just like, we're, we're waiting for someone who really shouldn't be that integral part of the process. Like he didn't play that much for golden state. Uh, during the regular season. And obviously, you know, they kind of saved him um, for the playoffs, but, uh, and, you know, and, and just to kind of touch on your big point, I thought, I think it's a good one. I've, you know, been having to sort of eat crow a little bit um, because I, I sort of believed that, you know, you don't really need a lumbering seven footer. You looking at the playoffs last year, no seven footers, like were, were really featured in any of the four, um, you know, the four last teams uh, heavily. Right. Uh, but I think you do still need a utility guy. You need, you know, like the Clippers are pretty small. They got Zubats, you know, uh, JV is only playing like 22 minutes a game or something like that, but he's doing well. Right. Uh, Steven Adams isn't playing that much, but he does play a little bit. Uh, and I think we have, we have Coloco, but it's kind of like, well, that's going to take some time and, and that's fine. Coloco is doing absolutely fine. I think for a, a second round draft pick, but uh, yeah, it's been some time now. So um, hopefully we didn't take all the points away, Kevin, but yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm going to say, I feel like it's, it's not a full failure, and that's only because I'm hanging on to Masai having done so many magic tricks. And, and also, I'll say this. I feel like the 6-9 thing as an identity, I've always wrestled between, like, are we trying to win like this or are we cornering the market on assets that we will eventually trade for guys like guards and centers or whatever? Um, anyway, so long spiel for me. Sorry about that. But Kevin, where, where are you at on vision, uh, on vision six, nine? Is it a failure? Uh, like this current iteration of it is failing for sure. I think that, I think that as, as an idea, vision six, nine sort of relies on having at least one thing where you just overwhelm the other team. You know, I yeah. think, I, I think part of the thought with vision six, nine is that like, oh, we have everyone who can handle the ball. We have everyone with pretty good court vision, like everyone on our team mm-hmm. can, can create. We, everyone on our team is an average to above average shooter. Um, and kind of not enough of those things have really been true. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we're really banking on a leap from Scotty, if not to become a passable shooter, then to become, you know, enough of a court vision guy. And he's not quite there yet. Without Fred's shooting, our, our lineup basically becomes untenable. Um, mm-hmm. It's not to say that Fred's shooting won't come back. Um, and I think the other way you go about it, uh, if if you're going to overwhelm a team, is just overwhelm them defensively. And I think for that, the 
I think the scheme we play with the constant switching is such a hindrance. I don't like our defensive system. I think that I think that ideally the switchability is a bonus, you know, where you have guys and we kind of do have that at some positions, guys who can guard basically whoever, but right. none of our guys are strong enough to guard a center. Uh, and I think that's where like, you know, you can get a 6968 guy who's just thick as hell and can guard a center. Like I think that's it's not an impossibility. Um, you know, it's not, it's not something that you can't really envision. And I think right. if you have, if you have a lineup of guys who can guard their own man one-on-one, and then we're also agile and quick enough to switch like crazy, then I think you be, become defensively overwhelming and maybe our current offensive system wouldn't be as bad because we just, we'd get enough stops and like our transition game would probably be more of a factor. Um, and then our half court could kind of be shitty like it is, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'd just be the Pistons. Um, yeah, so I think I think there's like I think there's a way it could work, but I don't think we're there. And I I for me, I, I was also kind of wondering about like, is this is this an asset management thing? Um, and is it also just like kind of a stopgap thing? Because it's it's what we have to deal with. So we're right. gonna try and ride it out kind of thing. I feel like I feel like the front office really put all their eggs in, in the Giannis basket. And when they didn't get it, they're like, well, we can get creative because our guys are really good and our guys are really good. But I think that, I think that we're at the end of the current experiment of what we're doing personally. I, th- I think it's time to like pivot either player wise or scheme wise or both or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people talked about this, but you know, your your point about the scheme is is really, you know, really really hits. I think because you're yeah. you're asking a lot of players, you know, you're you're asking them to overwhelm every team they play defensively, and that a is hard to sustain. B is is almost impossible if you're only willing to trust a certain amount of guys to do that. And then, uh, you know, I also want to touch on the. You know, just a quick follow up before we, we we move on to other stuff. But um, do you think that this is like also the the way that we're you know kind of rolling out this team is even if Vision Six Nine you know uh, is part of like you know let's say Masai thinks hey or Masai and Bobby are like hey we um we know we can get a center uh, for cheap and um, there's so many guards in the NBA that we actually. You know, if if you if you you know, if you, you put some truth serum to us, we would say we know we can resign Fred for way cheaper than what people think. Yeah, um, I think I think Fred's also just like he's obviously having a terrible season, but I think yeah. he's too maligned for his own good. Um, yeah, I mean he's in a contract here, right? Good. Yeah, yeah. But and, but yeah, I guess sorry. My my meandering follow up is: Do you think we're hurting our own? Like if if six if vision six nine is if part of it is like we're we're accruing assets this all these wings are we were we also hurting that by not having a more platoon style? Well, I'll, I'll go to you first, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if if vision six nine was just an asset management strategy all along, or is now, uh, I think we really risk selling low on some of these guys, you know, when it comes right. to, it comes to the trade deadline and then a more, a more, like you say, a more platoon style 
different defensive schemes, different offensive schemes, like could maximize these assets. Whereas I think, you know, if it comes time to trade, I don't know. I don't know who they're trading. Precious, Chris Boucher. I mean, maybe, maybe they're trading OG. I mean, maybe it is the block, you know, they get some really bananas offer where they, where, where OG suddenly, they suddenly go, okay, yeah, he's more available than we thought. Um, you know, like, I feel like you're selling low on almost, or maybe not OG, but like most of these other guys, Scotty Barnes, you know, something comes up, you're going to be selling low on them. And I, I think that you could do more with the scheme to try and the, to try and maximize your assets. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with that big time. It's like, yeah, we're, we're showing how able our assets are to sit on the bench like right now you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's they're not and when they get minutes they get such a quick yank and then get called out in the media by nurse it's like yeah okay we're gonna yeah whatever what are we gonna sell with those guys and and i i think the issue i take too because i think i was i agree with you or i agreed with you on you know bigs and point guards there's a lot of them in the league you can just go sign one but every free agency every waiver period every, like there are gettable players it seems who would mm-hmm. really shore up things we're missing and then we just don't go get, get go get them so that part that part of the strategy is now falling by the wayside for me too because they don't they, they're just not getting those guys that are there so i don't know yeah you know and and there is like we, we there's so much we don't know right like apparently we went after malcolm brogdon pretty hard that's right yeah um and i think he would look great on this team and be helping quite a bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, we have the trade deadline where, where it's like almost was comical. And we're like, we're going to grab Thaddeus Young, which is like, you got to be kidding me. And then in the off season, it's like, okay, one more guy, Otto Porter. And, it, and it's like, it is like, whoa, like, but also, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard not to trust what Messiah has done. Right. Yeah. And like, oh yeah. Like for, the track record is there. He's the track record is there, you know, um, I think for all the times that I was like, you know, banging my head against the wall uh, with 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 Lowry and Casey and, and DeRozan, like watching us, like okay, why do we have three centers? Why do we have, you know, Pirtle, Ibaka, and uh, and JV? And then to see all that turn into Kawhi and Gasol and like manifest in this like glorious way, it's like okay, okay, I believe you, but also. We're we're definitely in the and what seems to be like the hardest part, you know, um, and yeah, Fred has struggled so much, but you know, uh, you know, knock on wood, we you know other teams get like season-ending injuries and stuff. So this is sort of like I go back to to me the the, the margin for error seems like like paper thin, right? Like we need everyone to be healthy and everyone to be contributing to be good, which it doesn't seem. Yeah, is uh, is gonna work long term? Yeah, um, that's to be like medium good too. It's to be medium good, right? You know, um, and I, I also feel like back to your scheme thing, Kevin. Like you kind of you can't like you have to stay new, and I think that part that's part of what's happening now too, which is uh, you know yeah, you've seen like past three times we got it. Yeah, and you've seen multiple people now take. Yeah, I don't want to say swipes for Embiid. It was a swipe, but I think for Kawhi, it was interesting too. Where you know Embiid said, and Jaw, right? So Embiid said uh, the Raptors don't want to win; they just want to shut down the star player on the other team. 
Um, and then Kawhi was like, yeah, I knew I was going to get like doubled and tripled aggressively. So you have to make the read before it comes. And Jaw said like, sort of the same thing, right? Jaw said, yeah, I mean, like I just, you, you got to rely on Dylan Brooks and, and, and other guys uh, when you're, when you're against the Raptors. And uh, again, I've said this on the podcast so many times, but back all the way to Marcus Smart lighting us up in the bubble. I think uh, like other teams, role players can go off. They can score. So yeah, there's a yeah. reason there's so many Raptor killers. It's like, where'd that guy come from? It's like, well, he's open and he's a professional basketball player. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and everyone shoots threes. So, yeah. um, okay. Let's, uh, Marcus Smart just turns into Steph Curry every time he plays the Raptor. I, I know. Fucking bananas. Like, it's just well, like, I watch him, I watch him play anyone else. And I'm just like, what, what's happening? He like plays the Raptors. He just annihilates them. Yeah, I, I was at the Memphis game and watching Dylan Brooks just like sea walk all over us. I was like, this is nuts. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, Matherin, who's awesome, was, was you know, he was doing his thing too. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's get silly here. Um, but uh, let's, let's bring Matty D in uh, and, and let's go to our, our, our silly NBA segment. Matty D, good sir, would you give me your most deliciously weird Weird Al Sting. This is Adam Silverhawk. Yes. This is Adam Silver Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I love when shit like this happens. Um, like uh, it, it does to me, it doesn't get better. Uh, as an NBA fan, then moments like uh, Manu Ginobili smacking a bat uh, at court, uh, on the court, um, to uh, I think it was at the Olympics. There was that robot that was like hitting threes uh, a little while ago. I think this was a, it was a Japanese robot. Wait, like, um, and it like interfered with the game. No, it didn't interfere. Okay. With the game. It was <laughs> okay. just like weird. Yeah, yeah, that that's the that's the next level. Um, there was a, yeah, I think it was in Mexico city. The air conditioners broke. Um, I, I, I love stuff like this. Uh, you know, the, the, the famous Jason kid spilling the drink that he, uh, on purpose, um, it, when weird things happen, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. And the Denver nuggets, uh, and Boston Celtics were playing a game, uh, time Lord, Robert Williams dunked it so hard that the rim, I guess was uh, uneven and they uh, took a long time to fix it. Uh, I think it was like a, a near nearish 40 minutes. Um, and shout out to that crowd. Cause there was a crowd there um, that had to deal with a 40 minute break, which is wild. Oh, oh uh, also say um, the, the Raptors had their very own. There's a speaker fire. So uh, yeah, stuff like this is awesome to me and you never know when it's going to happen. And I wanted to kind of, you know, brainstorm here. Maddie, I know he's on his feet right now, so I'm curious <laughs> where he's going to come from. But uh, Maddie, you give like paint us a picture of like something that maybe could go wrong. How you would solve it? You know, sure. Oh well, how I would solve it? Okay. Um, first off, I'll say if any of the listeners are wondering how big a fan of basketball Freddie is, a 40 minute delay in a game where they're bringing out <laughs> rulers and levelers and 
and he gets yeah. joy out of that. Yeah. I messed up, man. Holy cow. Oh, I, I can't even imagine what I would do with that game that was going on. I'd be ripping my shirt off. But what I would like to see a delay happen, as we know, many of the arenas play on ice. Okay, yep. And I would like to see that court get warped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see a little bit of a little bit of a melt going on. I want it to like kind of turn into like a like an old ship or something. It's going to look like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, you know they could they could try and play on it for a little bit. Maybe do some like <laughs> teeter totter dunks and stuff like that. I think would be cool. Kind of get a Harlem Globetrotter thing going with all the warped boards. Uh, what? How I would fix it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you unwarp? Uh, How do you unwarp the the, the, the? Yeah, this is a good question. Uh, I'm not a woodworker. I feel like you'd need to bring in some new pieces. Yep, this is good. This uh, take a long time. You know what'd be nice? What if all the fans pitched in and those free T-shirts you get? You just throw them down. We kind of make a new court with all the free T-shirts. And uh, we continue the game. You know, we have uh... <laughs> a warped court. Very possible. <laughs> Playing on T-shirts no uh, as a solution. <laughs> yeah, we'll play on some slippy tees. Um, that's uh, that's good stuff. Maddie D, thank you for kicking off the segment um, <laughs> in, in just absolutely perfect fashion. I, that's, yeah, that's a big, I mean, I can't believe that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Okay, let me go to you. Uh, let me go to you, Kevin, next. Uh, what is your game delay and how is it fixed? Okay, so um, uh, you're watching uh, NBA on ESPN. Um, you know, major highlight happens. Mark Jackson is like, mama, there goes that man. And I'm going to end it. And then the camera pans out. Right. And you notice that there's this man in the audience in like a trench coat and a fedora pulled low. <laughs> okay. And, and then it dawns on you that for, for the last several years, <laughs> Mark Jackson's been warning us like that, there's that, that there is a man. And that man is in the crowd and he's following us to every game. <laughs> and so Mark Jackson throws off the headset. He storms across the court, middle of the action, swats Jordan Poole's layup into the third row, you know, yeah. shoves Steve Kerr aside. He, he's calling a Golden State game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Throws Steve Kerr gets out of the way, like throws him out of the way. He crashes into the, the drink lady and like the drinks spill. Emerald's courtside spills on him. He's so mad. Um, and it like he's climbing over into the rows. The the man in the trench coat he runs onto the court now, and Mark Jackson like chases <laughs> after him, and he finally tackles him. And the man's just lying there on the ground. And, you know, Mark Jackson's like, "Why are you following me? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, the man on the ground is like, "You want you really want to know why?" And Mark Jackson's like, "Yes." And then all of a sudden, like it zooms out, and everyone in the arena is just lying on the floor now, like in the the Radiohead video for just <laughs> huge. I was hoping um, you're wow. going in that direction. Yeah. And the camera like pans all the way up to the ceiling. Um, and the solution is Jeff Van Gundy just comes in with uh, with the mop and just like kind of jimmies <laughs> everyone back into back into like their proper roles. Everyone yeah. like gets yeah. yeah, you know, we get we get the mop guy, we clean up the floor. 
Uh, guy in the trench coat, honestly, just a basketball fan, just just <laughs> commonly there all the time. Mark Jackson yeah. was just obsessing. It was like a, <laughs> it, it was a real like white whale slash red herring, and uh, and and everyone like goes back to normal. The man's uh, the man's season seats are revoked. Uh, uh, for going on <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, big. he's he's in big trouble. Yeah, <laughs> huge fine. Um, this is great stuff. Uh, I, let me just throw this out there. Potential solution. All the fans throwing their t-shirts and oh yeah, they just play on the t-shirts. <laughs> Everyone playing on the t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, that's great. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that slow build. Like, wow, what a slow build. And then, and then everyone just asking Mark Jackson, Okay, you've been saying hand down, man down. Is that What's about that? It? Yeah, is that about is there, a, is there a hand down, man down we need to know about? Um, Chris, uh, what's up? What's your delay? I mean, I feel like I, I, it's hard to go after that. But uh, <laughs> my, my thought was, and I'm actually surprised this has never happened in the NBA, family of possums under the scorer's table. Um, <laughs> Very practical. Yeah, yeah fa- family of possums under the scorer's Because the thing about possums is um, – like they're cute in kind of an ugly way, but like you can't really make them do anything they don't want to do. Right. So suddenly you have like security and maybe players and they're kind of trying to reach under and the bottom. Like, and you know, like, you know, you, you really don't want to like touch one of those things. And then the solution of course is a fan comes down with popcorn and just like makes a trail of popcorn. And then they do like a humane trap. They empty out all the balls out of a ball bag. They put the, they, they put the popcorn in, and then they, they go rehome that possum somewhere that isn't under the scorer's table. Um, great. Uh, I love it. I thought maybe you were going the Manu Ginobili direction, like he kills the possum. Um, but yeah. No, because, I mean, because those things, like A, like I feel like land mammals, it's, that, that has a different emotional resonance than a bat. Yeah, but yeah. also, like, those things, like unless you're a card, they're hard to kill. Like, like they are tough, tough little creatures and you don't want them to get a vendetta against you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like you don't want to come for them and miss, you know, hundred percent. Um, Hey, I saw a possum, uh, Christmas Eve. That thing was, uh, it wasn't pretty. I, I feel like if the camera zoomed up on the possum, people would be like, wow, that's, I thought King <laughs> cake baby was bad. That thing's worse. Um, and yeah, as soon as you lead it out of the arena with popcorn, uh, the fans just know at this point, they throw their t-shirts onto the uh, court and everyone plays on the t-shirts. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, mine is, uh, I mean, I've been obsessed with it all year. Uh, I think it's like probably annoying at this point to a lot of people, but I, I hope it, 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 it gets even more annoying. Um, and that's the, uh, the Sacramento Kings beam. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's just past the part where it's cute and fun and now it's going to keep going. And, and that's what I love so much about it. Like, I think it's going to, people are going to be like, okay, you know, and then they're going to be like, no, no, the beams here. Um, and, and I want to see what happens, uh, uh, when they shoot that beam, um, uh, I know it doesn't go through the stadium. It kind of goes above, but like, I just like one of these days, uh, that beam has to accidentally like a wire's loose or something turns upside down. That beam lights the court. That whole Whoa. place is just blinding bright purple. 
Um, it's a disaster. Everybody's scared. Um, and no one knows what to do. Someone like, you know, the, the, the uh, whoever's like, uh, the, the, the voice of the arena would come over and be like, okay, close your eyes. Um, we're so sorry. Put your, put your free t-shirt over your eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know we don't want your retinas to burn sort of thing and uh, the way to fix it well you gotta find someone who knows colors well and they're gonna introduce a color that's gonna like somehow complement that and <laughs> and make it okay um i know that's not how <laughs> colors or lights work um and then even though it, it happens at the end of the game um in honor of the you know matt's great solution they'll start the next game with t-shirts on the court <laughs> And and play on the tees. Um, cool. I think we rocked this segment real good. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's go back to uh, uh, being a little bit serious here, Chris. I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, uh, so uh, I, I'm sort of. I, I mean, you know, there's a lot going on right now. There's like big scoring records and stuff. But this is a fun question. I feel like because. Uh, there's so many different types of personal stories in the league. And, um, you know, we know about the big time players and, uh, I thought both of you would be interesting to, uh, ask like who, who is a, as a personal story that is interesting or weird or whatever. And, and the lead in here is, uh, a player from Toronto, seven, four went to Lee side high school, Zach Eady, uh, who I think plays for Purdue. Um, Purdue. Purdue is tearing it up. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Zach? Uh, what, what's what's yeah, interesting so I, to him I, like, about you? This is just me because, like, I asked Freddie to shoehorn this in because, like, as much as I'm a Raptors fan, I'm also, like, a big Canadian basketball fan. And I think yeah. that's something people need to know about me is, like, I am just rooting for the Raps and everyone Canadian. Okay, so the deal with Zach Eady is he is 7'4". He didn't play organized basketball until he was 16. He played baseball and hockey. Can you imagine him as a defenseman when you're skating up the ice if that's the guy facing you? Jesus Christ. Uh, he is probably the best player in college basketball, playing on a team that was, until last night was undefeated in a power conference, uh, eighth in scoring, second in rebounding, and people are on the fence about whether or not he's an NBA prospect. Hmm. Uh, and so I just wanted to rant about this before we get into your into your question. Like, I understand that we're in in like a shooter's league and it's Steph Curry's NBA. But like this guy, he's not Taco Fall. You know what I mean? He's not a novelty act. He like he is putting up real quality numbers, like like really good numbers. Again, arguably best players in college basketball numbers in a power conference. And we're talking about him like he's a bubble second round guy. That just makes my head explode. Uh, I mean, he he played uh, on the national team. Like he was out there. He like 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 Nick Nurse likes him for the national team because the FIBA game is really suited to him. Anyway, so my segue from just wanting to rant about Zach Eadie is anybody who's a late, who's late to basketball. I love the story of anybody who's late to basketball. Yeah. You know, uh, including our own Pascal Siakam, right? Who was playing soccer and considering the priesthood. You know, like any any guy who comes from American football, like all the like African and European players who were just playing soccer until people were like, yo, your feet are really far from your head. You should really consider a different <laughs> sport. Like, like all of them. I think number one for me is actually Pascal, not just because he's a rapper. I think the fact that he was like, 
mm, soccer, priesthood. And then someone was like, do you know about basketball? And then there he was. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that to me is, is just one of, my, one of my favorite things. But any anytime I hear about a guy who didn't play organized basketball until he was 16, 17 years old. Chris Boucher is another one, actually, mm-hmm. where he was just, like, playing pickup ball and, like, working at St. Hubert. Uh, you know, like, that's another one to me. Anybody... Anybody who's late, to, who got to the game late and made the NBA, like that's my guy. And I always want to hear one of those stories. Always. Yeah. If you work at St. Hubert and you're then work in the NBA, you're, you, you win. You know what I mean? You win hard. Um, and I, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, Coloco maybe came to basketball a little bit later as well. I believe uh, he did. I, I, could, I could be wrong about no, that. but um, right, yeah. Um, and, you know, to, to your point about uh, Zach Eady, I think, uh, it, you know, it's interesting, uh, an app that you call it like Steph Curry's league. But I, I think one of the things about Steph Curry that's always discounted is that he's extremely special. And a lot of people are going to try to do what Steph does and fail. Um, uh, of course, the, you know, more and more people are going to shoot threes, right? And, you know, three is greater than two, et cetera. But Steph and Clay. And Draymond and that whole situation is very unique and it's very special. And I, you know, I think as time, as we go further into what I've dubbed the the era of parody, you know, we're going to see just how special that was. Um, but uh, yeah, Kevin, who's your, um, you know, who who's someone or 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 a phenomenon, you know, like uh, like players coming to basketball later in their lives. Um, is a story you feel like is interesting or, or fans should know about? Uh, yeah, I mean, Boucher was definitely, I kind of had a, had a double answer here, but Boucher was was one. Like, he was a dish guy at, at St. Hubert, too, you know? Like, he was, like, he was getting getting whatever work he could kind of thing. He wasn't even the fry cook. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, like, I think, he, I think he was actually homeless for a minute there. I think he was, like, I think he went through some really hard times. And then, and just, yeah, to be where he is now is really just feels like a one in a million thing and, and like credit to him. And it's, it's really incredible. Um, and the other story that I actually think is really interesting and doesn't, I, I think it's like it, you see it on Twitter and TV and when you're at games, sometimes if he's there, but I really want someone to kind of consolidate this all into one story and sort of track everything. Um, Robin Lopez has for the last few years now been waging a war against every mascot in the league. I think like he's always battling mascots. He's always, sometimes he's in vignettes with them. Sometimes he like will go up to them in the middle of their like on court antics and shove them over. I know he's had some stuff with the Raptor and like, I just, I want a compilation of all of those incidents in one place and see if there can be like a through line. If there's like, is there a sense of who's winning this war? Is it, is it Lopez? Is it the mascots? I really kind of just want a more concise uh, researched version of this story. Cause I keep getting it piecemeal and I want to know. Yeah. I mean, R- Robin Lopez is, uh, you know, he's someone who's sort of um, existed for a long time. And I think the Lopez brothers are, are pretty interesting. I mean, the, the, the re like the reinvention alone of, of Brooke, uh, is something that is like very special, very unique uh, in, in the NBA. Um, and I, I think Robin sort of segues to, to mine, which is, uh, you know, I love NBA journeyman. And uh, I, I think it's, it was June, 2022. I had, had the date 
uh, up here a little while ago. Uh, I seem to have lost it, but uh, that's okay. Um, uh, we we have the current um, like journeyman record player uh, has been broken. Uh, it is Ishmael Smith. Ish Smith has played for 13 NBA teams wow. in his career. Uh, he was born in 1988, so there's still more uh, that he could play for. Um, uh, you know, not the most, uh, you know, I guess like from quick internet searching, uh, uh, fascinating facts about Ish Smith, but, uh, you know, he got traded in his rookie year um, and he's just been traded so many times. He's, he's signed as a free agent a bunch of times and been traded, you know, months later. So, uh, yeah, I, I really love, he's currently playing for the Denver Nuggets, by the way. Um, so he must be like, you know, a, a, obviously a super talented guy, uh, well-conditioned, uh, and obviously like a, like a, just a pure locker room vibes type guy, but 13 teams is a really cool record. Uh, and you know, that's the type of person who I think will write a book at a certain point, uh, about his NBA journey because uh, that's just that's just wild. I hope he gets still like 15, 16 teams. You know, yeah. At what point do you try to start maxing that out? Right. You know, I, I think like I I I think for him, he's got to see if he can get a couple more teams under his belt, like before LeBron passes Kareem, and and see if he can like you know take that over and and you know I like at least be on the same in the same paragraph and like, Oh, FYI, Ish Smith played for his 20th team this year, um, this year. Uh, but, uh, that, yeah, that brings us to the end of the pod. Um, thank you. Uh, everyone has been listening, supporting. We're really excited about this year. Um, in April, I think will be our, our year mark with Raptors Republic. Uh, obviously it's been a really tumultuous wild year, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty seasoned veteran or pretty seasoned Raptors fans. So we're used to it. Uh, I'm going to bring Matty D back in now. Uh, for some plugs, but first, um, first, let me go to you, Chris. Uh, where can people check out your work? What do you want to let them know? Um, yeah, do, do the old-fashioned plug. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I'm not on Twitter anymore because it made me a toxic lunatic, so I had to quit. Uh, I am on Instagram. That's uh, at Original Chris Paul because uh, I predate that Chris Paul, and that was available, so fuck yeah. Um Huge. Uh, yeah, also, uh, cbc.ca slash arts, cause I'm actually an arts writer, uh, in, in, uh, in my, in the daytime. And then also you can catch, you can catch me ranting about sports and music and all types of stuff, which is, uh, at chrisdart.medium.com. Amazing. Well, uh, yeah, Chris, really appreciate you joining and, uh, everyone check out Chris's work. Um, uh, I think, uh, his last piece up, uh, was, a. a uh, top albums of uh, 2022 and Chris has amazing music taste. So make sure you check that out for sure. Um, Kevin, what's up? What do you want to say? What do you want to plug? What's going on? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I have anything to plug. I'm, I'm trying to trying to keep a lower online profile for the same, same mental health reasons. Chris was meant to mention. Yep. So, you know, just trying to, just trying to be a, a, a less, less toxic individual, you know, um, sure, but, sure. Uh, uh, you know what, write, write your MPs about, uh, about the use of public funds, uh, or MPPs, sorry, about the use of uh, MPs too, about the use of provincial public funds. It's all going to ridiculous shitty places. So we, sh- we should really be making more noise about that. Uh, you know, let's, let's protect the environment. Let's get some affordable housing. Let's, uh, look out for each other's mental health and, and uh, just, just try and be better to each other. That's my plug. 
Yep. Uh, any longtime listener of the pod here knows I'm a very uh, pro being a noisy constituent. So do it. Um, they have to listen to you. Make them listen to you. Um, Maddie D., uh, let's hit people with, um, you know, w- with the goods, uh, about us, about RR and, uh, and, and we'll send them off. There we go. Sorry. I always mute myself in case I start honking during the uh, podcast. Hey, you're standing, man. There's a lot going on right now. <laughs> a lot going on when you're standing doing a pod. Standing on t-shirts. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you are watching on YouTube and you liked the clips that we put up, listen to the full episode on the Rapcast. You can listen to that on whatever podcatcher you want. You can also go to raptorsrepublic.com. I mentioned the live show. That's in February. I'll put a link to the tickets in the show notes so you can check that out. Get your tickets. going to be a fun time right before the trade deadline and uh yeah just you know that paywall is still going there's a boxing week deal we've got 15 bucks for six months 25 for a year and there's even like the regular price of 60 dollars, and they're throwing in the nick nurse calendar so you know lots of good things there are lots of options you know support the writers support raptors republic and you can also listen and follow us at dunkspodcast.com Amazing. Thank you, Maddie. I'm um, really excited for this year. Uh, you know, uh, last year was huge for us joining RR. So uh, uh, again, thanks to everyone who, who listens and comments and all the positive support. And I'll, I'll say this, uh, we, we really do appreciate anyone that goes above and beyond. So, you know, like write a review for us if you feel so inclined uh, on, you know, any of the platforms, uh, you can do that. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. And it helps us a lot. So thank you. Um, Cool. Well, if uh, Maddie, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. 